Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible. And today's reading is for September 6th. The River of Healing, Ezekiel 47, 1-12. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple, toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salt water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engeglum. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Boundaries for the Land, Ezekiel 47, 13-23 This is what the Sovereign Lord says. These are the boundaries of the land that you will divide among the twelve tribes of Israel as their inheritance, with two portions for Joseph. You are to divide it equally among them, because I swore with uplifted hand to give it to your ancestors, This land will become your inheritance. This is to be a boundary of the land. On the north side, it will run from the Mediterranean Sea by the Heshlon Road, past Lebo Hamath to Zedad. Berthah and Sebarim, which lies on the border between Damascus and Hamath, as far as Hazer Hattikon, which is on the border of Harun. The boundary will extend from the sea to Hazron Enon, along the northern border of Damascus, with the border of Hanath to the north. This will be the northern boundary. On the east side, the boundary will run from Haran to Damascus, along the Jordan between Gilead and the land of Israel, to the Dead Sea and as far as Tamar. This will be the eastern boundary. On the south side, it will run from Tamar as far as the waters of Meribah Kadesh, that along the Wadi of Egypt to the Mediterranean Sea. This will be the southern boundary. On the west side, the Mediterranean Sea will be the boundary to a point opposite Lebo Hamath. This will be the western boundary. You are to distribute this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the foreigners residing among you and who have children. You are to consider them as native-born Israelites. Along with you, they are to be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. In whatever tribe a foreigner resides, there you are to give them their inheritance, declares the Sovereign Lord. Division of the Land, Ezekiel 48, 1-29 these are the tribes listed by name. At the northern frontier, Dan will have one portion. It will follow the Hethlon road to Lebo Hamath. Hazer Enon and the northern border of Damascus next to Hamath will be part of the border from the east side to the west side. 
Asher will have one portion. It will border the territory of Dan from east to west. Naphtali will have one portion. It will border the territory of Asher from east to west. Manasseh will have one portion. It will border the territory of Naphtali from east to west. Ephraim will have one portion. It will border the territory of Manasseh from east to west. Reuben will have one portion. It will border the territory of Ephraim from east to west. Judah will have one portion. It will border the territory of Reuben from east to west. Bordering the territory of Judah from east to west will be the portion you are to present as a special gift. It will be 25,000 cubits wide, and its length from east to west will equal one of its tribal portions. The sanctuary will be in the center of it. The special portion you are to offer to the Lord will be 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide. This will be the sacred portion for the priests. It will be 25,000 cubits long on the north side, 10,000 cubits wide on the west side, 10,000 cubits wide on the east side, and 25,000 cubits long on the south side. In the center of it will be the sanctuary of the Lord. This will be for the consecrated priests, the Zadokites, who were faithful in serving me and did not go astray as the Levites did when the Israelites went astray. It will be a special gift to them from the sacred portion of the land, a most holy portion, bordering the territory of the Levites. Alongside the territory of the priests, the Levites will have an allotment 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide. Its total length will be 25,000 cubits and its width 10,000 cubits. They must not sell or exchange any of it. This is the best of the land and must not pass into other hands, because it is holy to the Lord. The remaining area, 5,000 cubits wide and 25,000 cubits long, will be for the common use of the city, for houses, and for pasture land. The city will be in the center of it and will have these measurements, the north side 4,500 cubits, the south side 4,500 cubits, the east side 4,500 cubits, and the west side 4,500 cubits. The pasture land for the city will be 250 cubits on the north, 250 cubits on the south, 250 cubits on the east, and 250 cubits on the west. What remains of the area, bordering on the sacred portion and running the length of it, will be 10,000 cubits on the east side and 10,000 cubits on the west side. Its produce will supply food for the workers of the city. The workers from the city who farm it will come from all the tribes of Israel. The entire portion will be a square, 25,000 cubits on each side. As a special gift, you will set aside the sacred portion along with the property of the city. What remains on both sides of the area formed by the sacred portion and the property of the city will belong to the prince. It will extend eastward from the 25,000 cubits of the sacred portion to the eastern border and westward from the 25,000 cubits to the western border. Both these areas running the length of the tribal portions will belong to the prince and the sacred portion with the temple sanctuary will be in the center of them. So the property of the Levites and the property of the city will lie in the center of the area that belongs to the prince. The area belonging to the prince will lie between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin. As for the rest of the tribes, Benjamin will have one portion. It will extend from the east side to the west side. Simeon will have one portion. It will border the territory of Benjamin from east to west. Issachar will have one portion. It will border the territory of Simeon from east to west. Zebulun will have one portion. It will border the territory of Issachar from east to west. Gad will have one portion. It will border the territory of Zebulun from east to west. The southern boundary of Gad will run south from Tamar to the waters of Meribah Kadesh, then along the Wadi of Egypt to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the land you are to allot as an inheritance to the tribes of Israel, and these will be their portions, declares the Sovereign Lord. The Gates of the City, Ezekiel 48, 30-35 These will be the exits of the city, beginning on the north side, which is 4,500 cubits long. The gates of the city will be named after the tribes of Israel. 
The three gates on the north side will be the gate of Reuben, the gate of Judah, and the gate of Levi. On the east side, which is 4,500 cubits long, will be the three gates, the gate of Joseph, the gate of Benjamin, and the gate of Dan. On the south side, which measures 4,500 cubits, will be three gates, the gate of Simeon, the gate of Issachar, and the gate of Zebulun. On the west side, which is 4,500 cubits long, will be the three gates, the gate of Gad, the gate of Asher, and the gate of Naphtali. The distance all around will be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that time on will be, The Lord is There. Nebuchadnezzar to Conquer Egypt, Ezekiel 29, 17-21, 571 B.C. In the 27th year, in the first month on the first day, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, drove his army in a hard campaign against Tyre. Every head was rubbed to bear and every shoulder made raw. Yet he and his army got no reward from the campaign he led against Tyre. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will carry off its wealth. He will loot and plunder the land as pay for his army. I've given him Egypt as a reward for his efforts because he and his army did it for me, declares the sovereign Lord. On that day I will make a horn grow for the Israelites, and I will open your mouth among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. A sad day for Egypt, Ezekiel 30:1-19. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Wail and say, alas for that day. For the day is near, the day of the Lord is near, a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. A sword will come against Egypt, and anguish will come upon Cush. When the slain fall in Egypt, her wealth will be carried away and her foundations torn down. Cush and Libya, Lydia and Arabia, Cub and the people of the covenant land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. This is what the Lord says. The allies of Egypt will fall and her proud strength will fail. From Migdal to Aswan, they will fall by the sword within her, declares the sovereign Lord. They will be desolate among desolate lands and their cities will lie among ruined cities. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I set fire to Egypt and all her helpers are crushed. On that day messengers will go out from me in ships to frighten Cush out of her complacency. Anguish will take hold of them on the day of Egypt's doom, for it is sure to come. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will put an end to the hordes of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. He and his army, the most ruthless of nations, will be brought in to destroy the land. They will draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will dry up the waters of the Nile and sell the land to an evil nation. By the hand of foreigners, I will lay waste of land and everything in it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will destroy the idols and put an end to the images in Memphis. No longer will there be a prince in Egypt, and I will spread fear throughout the land. I will lay waste upper Egypt, set fire to zone, and inflict punishment on Thebes. I will pour out my wrath on Pelusium, the stronghold of Egypt, and wipe out the hordes of Thebes. I will set fire to Egypt. Pelusium will writhe in agony. Thebes will be taken by storm. Memphis will be in constant distress. The young men of Heliopolis and Bupastus will fall by the sword, and the cities themselves will go into captivity. Dark will be the day at Telphines, when I break the yoke of Egypt. There her proud strength will come to an end. She will be covered with clouds, and her villages will go into captivity. So I will inflict punishment on Egypt, and they will know that I am the Lord. Hope for Israel's royal line, 2 Kings 25, 27-30, 
561 B.C. In the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the year Awol Marduk became king of Babylon, he released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. He did this on the 27th day of the 12th month. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. Day by day the king gave Jehoiakim a regular allowance as long as he lived. Jeremiah 52, 31-34 In the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the year Awol Marduk became king of Babylon, on the twenty-fifth day of the twelfth month, he released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and freed him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. Day by day, the king of Babylon gave Jehoiakim a regular allowance as long as he lived till the day of his death. And that's the end of the reading for September 6th. Well, what do I take away from here devotionally from this reading today? Again, there's a lot of details about Israel and the boundaries of the land. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me as God did earlier in the Old Testament is he provided for his people, he provided for his priests, but he also provided for the foreigners, for those who were now kind of a part of Israel, who were living with them. He also provided to make sure that they were taken care of. I also noticed that when it came to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, God said that he was going to help them because Nebuchadnezzar was used by him to do what was needed. You know, even though Nebuchadnezzar did things against God's people, God used Nebuchadnezzar to do that, to bring judgment. And then he also used Nebuchadnezzar to bring judgment on others who came against his people. And it's just, it's just fascinating that then God blesses Nebuchadnezzar and his people because of that. So, for me, uh, there are two things that come to my mind. First of all, is whatever God has given me is not just for me, but it's for my family, and it's also to keep an eye out for how I can bless others and take care of others. Secondly, We've got to have a, a more open mind to who God uses and how God uses them, whether it's me or someone that I love or even someone that doesn't follow him. God uses us all to accomplish his purposes. And so a lot of it comes down to my thankfulness for God's provision, my willingness to be a part of that provision for others, and also my thankfulness and appreciation of his sovereignty in all that he chooses to do with those who follow him and those who have not. So, Father, today, I thank you for all that you have given me, just like you provided for your people back then. But also, Lord, you provide for those who uh, weren't a part of your people, but they were with them. And help me to keep my eyes open for how to bless others. And, Father, also help me to uh, understand and appreciate how you use good and evil 
those who are righteous and seem to be unrighteous for your purposes, for your glory. And I thank you for that and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.